0: I'm your host, Max, and this is Geek Today. Sadly, today we are without my sister, but we'll have to do. This week, we're going to talk about the real ranked Zelda games. Because I see all these lists everywhere. I decided to make my own because I'm disgusted by, by their choices. I mean, I just read one this morning, and it was... I mean, ugh, I, I, I just... I'll, I'll talk about it later, but I cannot. I cannot fathom. <laughs> you can see there's a lot of emotion behind this one. Um, we are implementing some changes today, so I am um, doing this thing where I, where we have a at the beginning we have a piece of music, um, copyright free, and at the end of course I'll give the credits. Then we'll have a mid roll where at the big be- at the in the middle we might do something um, special, or most of the time we're just gonna play another song, and then after we say the final words we're gonna say we're gonna do an outro song um so just before we start i just wanted a disclaimer um i am not including the multiplayer games so triforce heroes for swords Swords adventures because they're the multiplayer not real games and i am not including breath of the wild this is not a real zelda game i mean i've been the fan for so long and i mean it feels like a white label i mean they they just took I know it's not because they put a lot of work into it, This just isn't a Zelda game. It's more like a survival game than it is a puzzle game. Only th- four dungeons. Hopefully Breath of the Wild 2 will fix that. But let's go, let's jump into this new podcast, and let's jump into the first track. back. I hope you enjoyed this um, little musical break, Um, and we will most likely do this for our future episodes. But yeah, this is a little taster. I hope you're now excited to listen to my ideas of which Zelda games are the best and which ones are not so good. I wouldn't say any of them are bad. I mean, even Breath of the Wild, I think it's a... It's a good game, but not a good ZELDA game in my opinion, that's what I say all the time. <clears throat> so, first off at number 14, I place The Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass. Most people probably know this one, <clears throat> which is, well, the Zelda that is the touchscreen version, the light, the light, bad version of Wind Waker, right? It's very uninventive I mean the care I've forgotten literally about almost all the dungeons and most of the characters except for um, Linebeck, which is the sailor that you go with who's addicted basically with money and he's just a dingus I mean you he will not shut up and you can't skip like his dialogue and what I think makes this the worst Zelda game is the temple of the ocean king so there's this temple right this is also, you get this phantom hourglass which is what the name the thing is named after, so there's this temple um, that basically you can't go into cause I don't know, there's an evil spirit or something like that and then you get I don't know, you start to die if you're in there but this phantom hourglass will protect you for a certain amount of time And every time you beat a dungeon, you get more sand for the hourglass. And even though, like, with new items, it makes it easier, it's just boring because you have to go through the same floors over and over again. And I mean, the puzzles aren't even hard, but it's just, you have to wait so long for the fandoms to come, especially if you're on, I don't know, if you don't have that much time to play, right? I still wouldn't actually recommend playing a Zelda game, because an RPG always takes a while to get into. But still, this one, you just have to keep on going. And by the way, if you run out of time, you just- you die, and you have to start the entire thing all over again. It just makes me want to puke. I mean... It's painful just to think about. Well, we will now start to talk about probably a better game. To <laughs> ease my pain, so for number th- number 13 We have Spirit Tracks, the other DS Zelda game Which is way better than the previous one because it has charm and it um, Definitely upgrades. I don't know which one came first, but it definitely Seems like it's upgrading a lot of the things that I had before Where instead of having a ship basically copying Wind Waker here you have a train which, by the way, the train system is a bit clunky and the main concept does sound like something a two-year-old would think up of. Uh, and then even then would think, ah, that, that wouldn't be nice. I mean, but it also has a lot of charm. I mean, the story is very nice, Zelda gets turned into- I mean, Zelda gets killed, so that's kind of brutal. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of- the, the art style is nice, I think it has a bit more charm than that of Phantom Hourglass. And the concept, in general, makes it a bit more bearable, because you—you it makes you laugh to yourself every time you think of it. And definitely, um, <laughs> my the, the thing that makes the game, I think, uh, probably better than Phantom Hourglass... Well, one of the points is definitely that when you're riding the train, you can blow the whistle by pulling down on that on the whistle chain i mean i'm sorry but that it makes it all the better (laughs) there's one final thing i still have to say for spirit tracks though and it's that even though it has a sim a similar thing to the temple of the ocean king a um the tower of spirits the tower of spirits does not um you don't have to redo the whole thing you just there are different floors that you have to do but you don't have to re-go back to other floors, I don't think. And you also have Zelda's Ghost, which, in, which can possess the Phantoms, which are these big metal suits of armor. And some of the Phantoms have different have different capabilities, like carrying you over fire or turning into a big boulder and running into things. So it makes it definitely a lot more bearable. And I think this is def- why it definitely places higher than Phantom Hourglass. Now onto... Number 12, Zelda 2. Some may say that the game is too hard, but, I mean, while it does, the difficulty itself isn't, well, it's not that difficult. It's just that you, um, the hints are very cryptic and it definitely doesn't tell you a lot of things. But that's not the biggest problem of Zelda 2. Zelda 2 is, the main style is side-scrolling, so like 2D Mario but they can't even embrace that fully. They still try to make it an adventure Zelda game by giving it a bland, top-down overworld, but still also trying to sneak in random encounters and making a lot of different caves just very, very, very boring. And there are a lot of places where you just have to keep killing the same enemies and the same enemies and the same enemies until you can even get further. And it doesn't even include any real puzzles. But to be fair, who can make, other than Majora's Mask, that's a, um, that is a exception. But who can make good Zelda puzzles? And probably because this is in 2D, which hasn't been tried yet, in a year. Yeah, it came out a year after Zelda 1. But, still, this does not make it any better. I mean, I would just not recommend these games from, let's say, yeah, from this and down, I wouldn't recommend them except for if you're really um if you're really curious but from here on up you can i think these would be ones worth trying at least because i mean zelda is the best game series of all time there is no no argument (laughs) um but yeah this i mean and you have to go and you have to learn some spells because even though you think they might be optional right all these spells you in the final Dungeon. There are two bosses, and there's this Thunderbird, which you need to have a spell to do, and you need to have full magic levels so all ten levels of magic, which you have to kill enemies over and over again to get the thunder spell. And once you get the thunder spell, you have to kill the Thunderbird, and then afterwards you have to fight the final boss. And if you die, you have to do that all over again. But the the thing that makes this game memorable, I think, is also is not only just the two D but also the very famous text, a man in a house, and you speak to him, he just says, I am Error. <laughs> I think that's a translation issue. But now, up to number 11, the Oracle games, Oracle of Ages and Seasons. These games are kind of forgettable. The stories are bland, and the puzzles are okay. I mean, the only really cool part is that in Seasons, you can change the Seasons to affect the game world. But, I mean, in Ages, you just do time traveling, which is not a new thing for this series. I mean, and the puzzles in Ages are better. So you have the Seasons in Oracle of Seasons, but then you have better puzzles in Ages. That's why I put them both. They're very similar. And that also my next point is also why I'm putting them all in the same category is because I mean, I classify them as one game because you need to link them both after completing them multiple t- Link them both and then complete them multiple times to get to the final story. Which I think, I mean, they just basically copied the Pokemon thing. Also, like, Mega Man did at some point with their um, Mega Man Battle Network series. They did, like, two different versions of each game. I, just, I think, while for Pokemon, that's, like, one of the main things that they do, I think this doesn't fit for many other genres, and that's also why I, I believe... They stopped with this, with this one. But I cannot tell. I cannot um, complain and tell them that they've been copying other people's work because, to be fair, Pokemon's also a Nintendo product. So now we have number ten. Now we're going into the top ten. After this one, I'll be doing the mid roll, and then we get to the better ones. Number 10 is The First Legend of Zelda. While the game itself isn't as good, it does have an open world feel which I enjoy quite a lot and it's definitely very difficult for today's standards, but that makes it it makes it challenging because since the game and the story aren't that enticing, it the difficulty makes it so you always want to come back and maybe try again see how fast you can beat it. And, it also is a piece of history. I mean, Zelda is one of these- one of those big Nintendo franchises, and, I mean, Mario and Zelda are basically the people who brought- or the- the series that brought back gaming from the- from the gaming depression. Where the industry might have actually gone down. And, like, been gone. I mean... I love the story behind it, where that- also the- the name of the character, Link, is because it's- he's kind of the link between you and the game world. And the game was inspired- well, the look, of course, by Peter Pan, which is kind of obvious, as you see with the green hood and the tunic, but the game itself was inspired by Miyamoto, the creative mastermind between Mario, Metroid, Zelda, Star Fox, all of these main Nintendo titles, is basically when he was living in the outskirts of Japan as a small kid, he he always he was left to his imagination, he always played with himself in his garden, and that really, um, I think, put a big impact in him, and that's what he decided to make this game for. This one I would definitely recommend, especially if you like the later Zeldas. I mean, even if you like Breath of the Wild, you should give any Zelda a try, but Zelda 1 is a bit more similar to Breath of the Wild because of the whole open world thing. Now, once we go into the top nine after the break, I will start going in a bit more depth probably because these are the ones that I thoroughly enjoy. Hopefully you enjoy the music. I know I did, Galito Valley is my favorite Zelda song. So now we're going to my number 9 pick, which has a lot of memories for me, at least it sparks a lot of memories. The Legend of Zelda, the Minish Cap for the Game Boy Advance. Let me first talk about my memories for the game, I mean I remember that, that birthday where I got the, basically I got a Game Boy Advance and it came with Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap And, it basically was a pre-order, well not a pre-order, but it was basically, it came multiple months too late. But that made it all the better because of, well, my expectations. I mean, the game is very good. While it is not as good as the ones on the top, this is... Like, starting from here, these are the really good games. So, for Minish Cap, the premise is that... There's basically, in these, where only children can see these little tiny creatures, called Minish, um, who are, like, really, really minuscule, like, ant-size, right? Um, and then there's the Minish festival, and when you go, some person goes, and he steals, basically, um, he breaks the sword that's blocking this big chest, which has evil spirits in it, and he lets it out, And that causes basically all the bad things. And, basically, Link goes, and the king says, the king is frozen, Zelda's frozen, and they say, Oh, Link, go, um, go off, and save the war- save the princess, save the king, right? So you go off, um, and then you, in the woods, you- you can't keep going, there's the place where you need to get to, is a tiny little hole, which only a minish could fit through. So you can't really advance, right? So what you do is you find, by the way, Link is without his signature cap. And then you find this, this green bird thing that looks like Link's cap, yelling. And if you go use your sword and basically save it, he'll come and he'll help you. He basically turns into Link's hat. And He can give you hints in the game, but his main power is on certain points You can he can turn you into a minish, which this is the main part I mean the it's so imaginative also re-entering different rooms in a different scale in in dungeons or Exploring the world and finding little secrets. I mean it's all part of this game but I think the best part is the dungeon is the boss of the first dungeon which is so you, these little choo choo jellies, which are, I mean, they're they're normal Zelda enemies, and they're very easy. They're normally, one or two hits, and they're dead. But the final boss is that you're a minish, and you fight it, and then there's this massive monstrosity. And if you use the item, which is like a sucking pot, and you basically have to take away the gel from its base so it falls over, then you can slash it. I think that's so creative and inventive, and how they're using the. Zelda enemies and putting it in a game that is fit for a portable system but still Properly but still is imaginative enough and really Uses the Zelda universe in a good way Um, So that's what I have for Minish Cap Now we go to number eight Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for the Game Boy and Link's Awakening for the Switch. While the Game Boy one is mediocre, and I'd probably put it below Minish Cap, the Switch one is amazing. I mean, the game itself is kind of forgettable, but the it's fun. It's, it is a Zelda game, but then it has this gorgeous, like, claymation-style... Zell Switch remake, which, I mean, it, it's, it's, if it, this game has three different versions. That's the original Game Boy version, then a Game Boy Color DX version, which has an extra dungeon and is in color, and then here we have the Switch Link's Awakening. I mean, I imagine, I remember playing the first Link's Awakening, which I got on the Virtual Console on the 3DS. And I played through that and I was very confused because back then I didn't really read the texts of these games that much, of games in general that much, so I was very confused. And of course it was also in German, which is not my best language, so I was kind of confused. But, I managed to get through the game, and it was very fun, and now revisiting it on the Switch is probably one of the best experiences I've had on the Switch, period. The game, basically it starts with Link wakes up on this island, and he has no memory of anything. Well, of how he got there, and he goes. He finds a sword, and this owl, basically an owl, kind of like G- Kepora Gabora from Ocarina of Time, basically leads you through the story, telling you, giving you cryptic hints on where to go. But I mean, there are a lot of events and a lot of places in this game that I mean, they're they're very. What do you call it? They, they, they don't feel that special, but they're fun. It's basically, that's what a portable game should be. It shouldn't have, well, except for now on the Switch, because that's almost a console, and also with the 3DS where it goes up, but like a Game Boy game, it's, you don't have to make it deep as long as it's fun to play. And I mean, to quote the late Nintendo president, um, Iwata, a game only has to be one thing. It has to be fun, that's what I think, especially with, I mean, also Mario Land, it's very simple, not very long, but it is a fun game. I mean, these. The, that's a lot of what the Game Boy was, it was a bunch of really fun games that you can play when you're not at home playing your SNES or your NES. So, while that was a shorter little segment, we will be going on to... Legend of Zelda: Link Between Worlds. This game on the 3DS is a semi remake of Link to the Past, which I do not think holds up to the quality of Link to the Past, but it does do one thing and this is this will be a shorter little description because it basically almost is a copy of Link to the Past. But what it does give you is basically you don't get items in dungeons your shop, your 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 house in the dark world, or your, your house in general, gets turned into a shop where you can then rent, or later in the game, buy items basically allowing you to do a lot of the dungeons in any order which, I mean, this is one of the precursors to probably the, the Breath of the Wild system and, of course, where you can turn into a painting inside along walls, basically in the walls But again, this is in itself just a revamped version of Link to the Past, which I think still Link to the Past is better. So we'll talk also a bit more about this game when it comes when we come to the Link to the Past section. So now we go to number six. This is probably now one of my favorites. Twilight Princess for the GameCube. The Wii version isn't much better. They reversed the whole thing because So this is a funny story. So in (laughs) Um um, the Zoling is before this, and also the GameCube version of Twilight Princess, which by the way, this is a very late GameCube game. They Link is left-handed, so he holds a sword in his left hand. Alright? But then, since uh, most people are right-handed, when they decided to put because it was didn't sell very well, they decided to put this to the Wii with Skyward Sword Controls, so the Wii Remote is basically the sword. They decided, hmm, we're not gonna flip Link's model, not gonna switch the hands. We're gonna flip the entire game. Why they did that, I have no idea. It could have just been so simple to flip Link. I mean, there's no other reason other than Oh, Most people are right-handed. We have to make Link right-handed. How do we do that? We flip the entire game But I mean this game is to be fair The reason I think it came out was also to combat Wind Waker because that the Wind Waker has a very nice art style, but it's very cartoony and childish art style So Link Twilight Princess is the kind of creepy, but not really like dark fantasy art style game which, I mean, I don't mind, it's just that the game, I mean, it has its ups and downs, but I like it, I remember, I really enjoyed playing it on the Wii U, on the the HD one, with the Wolf Link Emmy belt. it was very, very fun. And, to be fair, the game did give, um, I mean, not give birth, that's what I wanted to say, it gave the world... The probably one of the best Zelda characters Midna, the um, the aforementioned Twilight Princess but I will not spoil anything other than that. I mean the game is is the game is a 3d Zelda game. if you've played any before you've probably played this except for it has it's darker and it has definitely well it has Midna which is important. But the story is nothing too exciting, and the the items aren't that cool, except for the ball and chain, which, as in every game, Link just put them in his pocket or something like that, and then he, and that's just where it is. So, how he puts a massive ball and chain that can barely lift, and then he can run around putting it in his pocket, who knows? But it's just funny. Um,. Sorry for the um text message that just came. I mean the game is just it's a must-have if you if you have the console. But I would definitely recommend Gay the Wind Waker more if you have the GameCube. It's just a let's say if you want another three D Zelda, you'll play it. It is very 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 good. It's just not like the level of some of the ones that are coming next, I'd say. It's just, it's not as inventive, it's just the gameplay is nice, and I mean it's an up from Minish Cap or Link's Awakening just because it's on better hardware. Now we come to the top five, with number five being The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword for the Wii. Now this game, Skyward Sword as I (laughs) just said, I think it, while I, the reason I put it higher than Twilight Princess is that the game is a lot more friendly to the Wii console because Twilight Princess was originally on the GameCube, which I think you should experience that game on the GameCube, not on the Wii, because they forced the controls on the Wii just slightly coming on, on, on the same day for the GameCube and for the Wii, while a nice, um, on t- in 2006, while a nice, um, five years later, in 2011, Skyward Sword came out for the Wii, kind of perfecting the Zelda Wii controls, and while, yes, it's tiring to play like that, and the, ge- and, I mean, I'm, I have literally had cramps sometimes because I've played too much of Skyward Sword when I was, um, still younger, And, I nearly got to the end, I never completed it. But this game has probably a lot- some of the most inventive dungeons. One is thinking that the water temple is kind of this... I don't know, um, Asian-Oriental one, and then the final boss is this big... Oriental suit of armor, which is possessed by this demon, that's- I like it, and there's also the sand ship. And how you can, how there's this tight these time orbs that when you go in, like, when you sail on the sa- sand, sea of sands, the time actually goes back, so you're actually sailing on water. So I, I think this is, that was one of the most, that was one of the coolest things. It also gives you, like, the controls are very intuitive. And the... The game itself is better than Twilight Princess as well. The story is better. You have more of a... And it's and you can feel it's made for the Wii. While Twilight Princess was made for the GameCube, and then because it was so late in the GameCube's lifespan, they thought, Ah, well, put it to the Wii. And then, oh, how can we make it on the Wii? Ah, just put the sword on the Wii stick, and then do some other really bad configurations. This really top the game. And, for a bonus, Skyward Sword HD is coming out on the Switch this June, <laughs> which I'm very excited about. I really want to replay it, especially with the stick controls, because the reason I'm probably going to be playing with stick controls were the right st- since there was no camera controls in the original, the right stick is not for camera, but it is for the sword, so slashing the sword. Because, I've played Mario Galaxy in 3D All-Stars. And the amount of time that when you flick the Joy-Con that it completely goes out of sync is I mean every time I had to swing the Joy-Con to do a spin, I had to recalibrate it. And if and in a game like Zelda where you swing your sword a lot, and you have to recalibrate it Especially during a boss fight, every time you do a swing, you won't be able to play properly in my opinion, unless they really improve the tracking system. And of course it comes with the Master Sword and Hylian Shield Joy-Cons, which will probably be, if my Joy-Cons break, my new Joy-Cons of choice. Um, so let's go into now the top four with The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, four the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, or the SNES. I've mainly played through this game either through the Virtual Console on the 3DS, or on the Mini SNES, which I got through the game on the Mini SNES, got nearly to the end on the Virtual Console. The game is probably definitely in the Masterpieces, It is what a 2D Zelda should be. It invented the Zelda formula. Because there is the open world Zelda 1. There is the platforming Zelda 2. This is the dungeons. And then the master sword. And a large open world. But there's obviously goals. The two different kind of universes. Kind of mechanic. That's also an ocarina of time. I mean it. It put so many staples out there. It really is what a 2D Zelda should be. And yes, they remade it um, into Link Between Worlds for the 3DS. While they upped the graphics, I did not like what they did to the Zelda formula. Also, like, what I did not like what they did to Breath of the Wild. Again, Breath of the Wild. It's such a good game. I've played it so much, but it doesn't feel like a Zelda game. I can't. I will definitely not put it- It does not rank definitely within the top. Even if it, I put it on here, it would probably be closer to The Link's Awakening and Link Between Worlds than Compete and maybe Twilight Princess above that, but definitely not in the top five. But, by the way, the- As I'm saying, the list that I read this morning put Skyward Sword at number 15. This is- And they put Breath of the Wild at number one. I'm just- I am- Utterly disgusting. But link to the past. Let's let's get back to the topic. To link to the past. Where to start? This the the opening is gripping. Where you your uncle goes out of the house, and when you follow him into Hyrule Castle, you go down the secret passageway, and you see he's basically been killed. Well, it doesn't say it, but he like gives you like his like last words, and then gives you his sword and his shield, saying that. Link, you must protect the princess. So, um, yeah, he's dead, your uncle. So you go, and then you you break into Hyrule Castle, and break out Princess Zelda from the dungeon, and then go through the sewers into the church next door. And then from there, you have to... So, um, I mean, the opening is very gripping, the music is amazing. Oh, something I forgot to mention, Skyward Sword, it has probably the best, second best Zelda soundtrack, I'd say. Um, but the music is nice, and you have to remember, this massive game, two worlds, amazing story, challenging gameplay, at least at some points, fits on an SNES cartridge, um, <laughs> made in like... Uh, wait. Let me pull up the pull up the date. In nineteen ninety one, this is probably the game that you owe all of the Zelda um, tropes to and the Zelda formula. Now we're in the top three, and I'm actually starting to get a bit giddy talking about these ones. So number three and this might surprise some of you that it's not at number one or number two, is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. this game, right, where where should I start? So, how about I give you an overview of, well, no spoilers, but an overview of how the game starts, and just maybe give you a slight taster of what would be um, expected if you played this game. So, Link, like in so many other Zelda games, is sleeping at the beginning of the game. And I mean, this is this has become probably a uh, joke by now. And this is probably the one that has started this trend, except, well, maybe Link to the past, but that one not as much because there's not someone really waking him, you know? There's, it's, it's a trope that's been probably, in most of the Zelda games, um, and then you wake up in the forest and the only annoying part I can really think except for some of the fetch quests Though is that at the very beginning so Okay, finding the sword is not that hard though It couldn't be if you don't use any hints As on your first time through it could be a di- bit difficult But you have to grind for 40 rupees before you can get the shield and you just have to keep on repeating like, the same cycle for ages and ages. And, I mean, I just can't... It, it, it is annoying, but then, of course, it is a masterpiece of a game. It's the first 3D Zelda game bringing that style of game to fruition. It cre- it has characters that you care about. I'm not going to spoil anything. It The time travel mechanic between, like... This, the nice world here and then the, the hellish, um, future. It, it creates a lot of really cool time travel, um, story elements like the Song of Storms, which you learn from the Windmill Hut guy. But he, in turn, learned it when Young Link came to play it for him to, um, drain the, um, the well to get to the creepy dungeon bottom of the well, which has, of course, the boss that is this white and bloody, like, flesh monster with, there's hands coming out of the ground, you have to basically let one of those hands grab you, and then it comes and it tries to eat you, and you have to try to break free, that's how you can lure it out from under the ground. I mean, this game is definitely not E for everyone, which was what it was graded all the way back then. I mean, there's so much I could go into there. The bigger on sword fetch quest is kind of annoying, but most of the other side quests are nice. It does a lot of world building. You can go and there's a lot of, like, individual stories behind a lot of the characters. There's depth and there are twists and it's... It's probably one of the best, it's probably the best example of a modern Zelda, well, it's the best example of a 3D, it's one of the best examples, let's say, because there's one better one, I'd say, well, two better ones, of 3D Zelda, and this really started that with the, and I mean the Z-targeting where you can target onto an enemy. That was an amazing feature. I, I played this game a lot on the 3DS in Ocarina and Time 3D, and I mean the memories and everything, it's just, this game is amazing. Give it a try if you have the N64 or the 3DS. Of course also the Wii U Virtual Console has the original. So if you own any of those three, I mean, there must-have games for the... this. And the, it is the must-have game for the N64, in my opinion. And it is probably one of the must-have games for the 3DS. And, I mean, ugh, it is a gem of a game. Okay, now this will probably surprise you. In number two, that I actually rank it higher than this one. But it is The Legend of Zelda... Majora's mask for the Nintendo 64. This game. I I know I'll get a lot of hate from people who listen to this. I know I I know you guys are are, or at least you Zelda fans listening to this are probably gonna be yelling at the screen <laughs> thinking probably exactly what I was thinking in the other Zelda tier list. But I do have reasonings why I think this game is much better than, well, not much better, but definitely better than Ocarina of Time. So, for number one reason, it has a bit of a spooky aspect, which, I mean, it brings a flavor to the game which Ocarina of Time didn't have. It was just just normal fantasy, childish fantasy kind of game. This brings the flavor to the game itself. And second, there's a lot of versatility in the masks, especially the transformation masks, where these races that you met in in the um Ocarina of time, it gives you it gives you a lot more depth into like the lives and just these races as a whole, because you not only do explore their villages. They're a lot more in depth, like story wise. Like they're they're a lot they're a bigger part of the story, and you get to transform into either a Deku Scrub, a Goron, or a Zora, which brings a lot of, um, co- like, v- variety to the exploration in the game. But it but as I said, it also has a story aspect, and similarly there is more like story in general because this is a game that kind of is in a mirror world and it has all these deities and it has so many side quests because of the masks having to obtain them all it it has a lot of world building it it, you can imagine this as a living world and Ganondorf, the um villain from ocarina of time was supposed to be the fisherman Majora's Mask and he was supposed to have some kind of text. This is kind of the mirror world and it just it's um it has a depth and a flavor and a a uniqueness that Ocarina of Time did not have which is definitely why I rank it higher of course there's also the music is better than Ocarina of Time except for Gerudo Valley which nothing can beat but the soundtrack as a whole, I mean Stone Tower Temple, Deku Palace, it, it, there, it has definitely a lot more bangers in the soundtrack than it does in Ocarina of Time. And now we finally get, and I'll try to keep this as short as I can because I know if I let myself ramble, I will—I could go on for hours about this game. You guys, and any attentive listeners will probably know what this one is. But the first, but number one is the legend of zelda the wind waker for the nintendo gamecube okay let me just come out and say that if anyone is getting a gamecube don't bother with any other games this is the game you have to get first and then mario strikers and then mario sunshine but this is the game that you really have to get especially and Oh, it's so sad Nintendo doesn't do these kind of stuff anymore. Pre-ordering it got you a bonus disc that had Zelda 1, Zelda 2, Ocarina of Time, and Majora's Mask on it. And, or I don't know if Majora's Mask, but then also Ocarina of Time Master Quest, which was mirrored, kind of like Twilight Princess, and also made more difficult. This was, And of course, later Master Quest was put into, um, Ocarina of Time 3D as a different mode. So, this game is the perfect length, not too long that you have to spend forever playing it, like, I don't know, again, one of the games I'm playing now, Dragon Quest XI, average play time of over 100 hours, but, so it, this definitely... It, wait let me quickly pull up the average playtime of wind waker around 28 hours just for the main story but then of course if you want to really get um into it and 100 percent it that's an hour average of 60 hours so that's more than double so it has so much content other than the actual other than just the actual story where it doesn't matter if you're just here to play the game the amazing game play the story but if you have time to put into it do everything that it comes with the their items are inventive there's the grappling hook the puzzles are cool took me a while to figure out some of them but they're very well back when I was playing it, I mean the storyline is amazing. It integrates the other s- stories like the Sages, how the Koroks were the Kokiri, and the Rito were the um, Zora. And I mean there are two more points because I I really need to limit myself here. The art style, the I mean, while Twilight Princess has this realistic art style, this has the complete cartoony, I mean, um, it just looks beautiful. The soundtrack is also very memorable, just saying. Search up, I don't know, the Great Sea. That's one of the amazing ones. But the art style is the best, especially in the way I experienced it first, was um, Wind Waker HD, which has these beautiful cell shaded graphics, and the lighting, and the game is perfect in my opinion and then of course there is um, my other point which was that which was my memories for the game this was my first zelda game Um, playing watching my dad play playing uh, maybe a bit on the wii u with, um, Zelda HD, when we, when we got stuck on the Forsaken Forest, uh, Forsaken Fortress forever, um, or I was at least, and I couldn't get any further, but then, because I was five or six, but then I, well, I, fi- I finally got past it, and I mean, the whole game opened up to me, and it was wonderful, this is one of the first games that I actually read, like, where I could properly where it was, like, a story-heavy game. And to this day, I still look at this game and almost I'm a child again, I relive the the moments. This game is just beautiful. I gotta limit myself, gotta limit myself, okay. Um... I, I mean, I would recommend anyone with a Wii U or with a GameCube to pick this up right away. I mean, no, don't even listen to the end of the podcast. Go and download it now, okay? But not before downloading. Um, but, I mean, oh, I okay, oof, gotta, gotta limit myself. <clears throat> I To be fair, I don't know which version to recommend. The controls are definitely better and the graphics better on the Wii U, but it's not the original version, which I also love to play. Just, it depends. Are you there for the upgraded version or for the original? I mean, that's how I see it. Okay. We're getting to the end of this um, podcast. And, by the way, my sister during the intermission um, asked where I would put Breath of the Wild if it was on the list. I'd say it would probably be between mm, Skyward Sword somewhere around the top in the top five but not in the top three around so around Skyward Sword link or link to the past so i was gonna do my own rendition of a zelda song for the outro but my sister has a friend over so i will play this song instead i will do credits and everything and then i will let you listen to this beautiful song so we got gerudo Valley, which was the intro song by the cardconomist we have zelda main theme bitonal landscape by oblivion copyright free music and music so M-U-S-I-Q-U-E, zelda theme Song of Storms by the Accordion Guy, as now the ending song. Hopefully you enjoyed this. We will be doing something special at 100 downloads. We're at 70 downloads. Um, and tune in next time for more Geek Today. Bye, everyone.